And welcome everybody to Haunting Live Podcast this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are live on YouTube today, and uh, thank you very much for subscribing as well to our YouTube channel. We know there's a lot more people subscribing lately, so we appreciate that very much. And of course, don't forget to like our video and follow us on other social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram as well. We do a lot of postings over there for you guys too to check out. So, um, But this week we have reached episode number 38 of season 2 already. Things are flying by here at Haunting Live. And this week we have a special guest with us, Amy Woodcock. She's an author of a book she did called Haunted Cookstown, and we're going to be talking today about some ghost stories from Cookstown area. And with that, let's bring in Amy. Hi there, Amy. How are you? Um... Thank you very much for joining us here today. I appreciate you taking time out and being here on Haunting Life Podcast. No problem. Happy to be here. Yeah, wonderful. Um, so you have a book out called Haunted Cookstown. Yes. Right, there you go. And um, that tells a whole bunch of different stories about the area, some different buildings that you guys investigated and checked out. So um, how did the book come about? How did things start with um, getting involved in a book like that? Well, I had just recently moved to Cookstown and I wanted to get involved with my community. So I joined as a volunteer for the Chamber of Commerce. And within that, they were talking about how to get tourism to Cookstown. Cookstown is actually located in Innisfil. So it's between Barrie and Bradford around there. Um, it's an old town. It used to be kind of like a halfway stop between Barrie and Toronto. And uh, a very old kind of town. It started in like, I think the early 1800s. And we wanted to my idea was to get a ghost walk because people are interested in ghosts. And I've heard ghost stories around town and I myself can feel some energies in the building we were actually having a meeting in. And I thought, wow, this would be kind of cool to have a ghost walk. And, but then I'm like, ding, ding, ding idea. Maybe we should put a book together. So I got Catherine Crow um, to help me write the book. She is also kind of a sensitive like myself. And we decided to go around to the buildings that would allow us and um, kind of feel around for what energies were there. Uh, We also had the help of a historian with, she already had a book already done with the history of every building in Cookstown. So that really helped. Um, So so we're we're encouraging the history of the town and of course the ghost stories. So we go to each location and then we bring in a medium, in this case, Sheila Carton to help us to confirm the energies that we were feeling. And so each chapter is about a building or a place. And we talk about, you know, the history, we talk about um, the um, ghost stories that people have said. We also then confirm with our medium of what is there. 
So we did the book and then when we released the book, we actually did it in October um, and we initiated a ghost walk at the same time for the town. So it sold out pretty quickly. We actually had two, the first year we had the book out and then with, we did it for four more years, always selling out. And then we decided to hand it over to the town. So they did their first run on it um, the year before COVID. So I think it was 2019 that did their first run and they had like the theater actors actually walking around. So you're kind of like, is that a ghost or is that actual people? Cause it was pretty dark cause you do it at night. And we always have different experiences through the ghost walk. So we have from, you know, people getting evidence to people actually knowing who we're actually talking about because because I was new to Cookstown it's not like I knew who died and who's living at certain places so people on the ghost walk would be like very emotional because they knew the person that passed and who we're talking about because the medium brought through these people in the book um, even including my house so there was a, a visiting spirit in our house of a man that used to live here it's the last name is Adams and his name was actually um, Chester, <laughs> funny enough, but um, he lived here for I think 30 years and he had a shop outside and we wrote about him because this is what the medium told us about him and his grandson actually reached out to me and said, oh my goodness, you just described my grandfather to a T and we're like, really? That's crazy. So it was the confirmation that really kind of pulled it together. Right, so you were able to pull all these stories together just from information that has already been collected, or was some of these stories due to your own personal investigations as well? So the history was already pulled together and that helped. Um, the stories themselves, we would get a hint of like, oh, so-and-so said this place is haunted and there's some stories there. So we'd go and we'd see what the stories were and then we'd go ourselves to investigate and then the medium to confirm or deny that these spirits are actually there or if they were hearsay or not. So. So you would do some actual investigation work at, after you received the information that was already presented to you to sort of confirm these stories? Yes. So we go in and myself and Kate like uh, would go in and feel the energies as well as take pictures, um, try to get recordings. Um, not always successful because we didn't spend a lot of time at those places. Normally investigations take hours. We were maybe there for half an hour to an hour maybe. But um, when Sheila came, uh, she would just be like picking up people like nothing, right? Because she's got that connection and we were only sensitive where she is like the full-blown medium. So <laughs> it's good to have that there. But to have the people confirm what she's saying, either the owner of the building or the person that lives in the house, that kind of thing. So it's interesting. So uh, tell us a little bit about the context of the book then. How was the book actually initially planned or how was it laid out that you want to flow? Like um, were there certain stories that you had to include into it after you got the research or? Um, from us, it was probably, it was like aiming for, um, we put flyers out to see who would be interested because we'd only do it by permission, right? Because if you go ahead and sell your house and you've got activity, you have to let the realtor know and the potential buyers. So a lot of people don't want that. 
of course, right? And they don't want to be told that their house is haunted unless they really are into it and they want to know what's happening and they want to stop it. Um, if it's, you know, become an annoyance or they don't, it's unwanted. But we did, um, especially with the stores in town, um, because they're leasing from an actual owner, we had to get the owners okay on it. Um, sometimes the most haunted locations, uh, we weren't getting the okay. So we'd have to go back and news clippings and just put down what was done in the past. So just to include in the book, um, each chapter is a different location. So there'd be a location at, you know, at the theater, a location at the curling club, my house. <laughs> my house is like, was built in 1880, 1897. So it's got a history. <laughs> so let's start there then with your own house as one of the points to start with. Uh, what sort of activity have you reported that you were able to put into the book from your place? So for my place, uh, when I when we first moved in, I didn't feel anything particularly distressing because I always usually feel out the energy. Um, uh, when we first moved in, I that night I felt like I sat up in the middle of the night because some guy stuck his head in, and then I was like, "Oh, we live here now." And then he was very apologetic and left. So I'm thinking he was a visiting spirit, um, probably like the grandfather of the you know the the adams guy um we do have a resident uh female ghost which is um coincidental since i made the cover of the book and i put a like female ghost in the window i don't know if you can see that oh there she is um so she um actually our house was rebuilt after the initial first house burnt down um the actually another interesting point is that the house that burnt down was Emily Murphy's home. She's like one of the female judges, like she's in history and she's what stands out in Cookstown. It was her childhood home, but she didn't live it at the time. I think her parents moved and there was people leasing it and then it burned down within that time. And then that was a colonial house. And then when it was burnt down, a farmer then rebuilt an, uh, a more Victorian home on the lot. So this woman died within the first home. She actually moved in with her in-laws because um, her husband passed away. So you can you know, imagine living with two people now because you were married to the husband that's now gone, you wouldn't be the happiest person in the world. So you don't have any children, you're just with your in-laws. So she committed suicide by poisoning herself. So she kind of keeps residence between, I'd say, my kids' rooms. She's in this tiny space where it was, I guess, in the house before, and that's where she kind of lives in that space. But she does not bug us. Um, she's very proper. She's very polite, I guess you would say. Um, she also um, won, well, I guess last year when COVID was around and my son was upset about not going trick-or-treating, I politely asked her if she wouldn't mind posing for a picture because I said to my son, why don't we go ghost hunting upstairs? And he just absolutely adored it. And I was like, okay, let's go upstairs. And I took a flash camera. I'm like, we'll see if we can catch any orbs. And I kind of quietly asked her if she wouldn't mind posing. So we took a sequence of shots one after the other. And in one shot, there's an orb. So she did show up for us and I thanked her for that. 
um, another thing that happened is that my friend does biofeedback and she said she'd do a house cleaning for me. So this is all with frequencies. So I said, sure, go ahead. Uh, oh, by the way, though, we do have a, a, a ghost in the house. She doesn't want to leave. Just let you know. She's very stubborn about that. So just an FYI. She's like, oh, I'll clear her out. I'll try. Right. So when she tried, the whole, her whole machine just shut right down, just crashed. And I'm like, see, I told you she doesn't want to leave. <laughs> so um, as far as that's concerned, she, yeah, she keeps to herself. Um, we just recently had some activity, but I'm not exactly sure where it came from. Um, where in the middle of the night, a glass fell and smashed on the floor. And my husband and I kind of, I woke up, but I don't think he fully did. And I knew he didn't fully wake up. So I'm like, oh, oh now I got to tell him there's glass on the floor if he goes up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. So, but he didn't. And then I heard some creaking on the floor because our floors are really creaky. And I'm like, okay, is it the wind? What's going on? But then I fell back to sleep. And when I woke up in the morning, we were woken up to the creakiness again, both him and I. And we're like, finally, someone spoke up. And I'm like, what is that? And he's like, I don't know. And he's trying to listen. And he's like, is it duck work? I don't know. But when we started talking about it, it completely stopped. And he's like, that's so weird. And I go, yeah, just don't step out the side of the bed because broken glass. And he's like, what? I go, yeah, glass just broke in the middle of the night on your side of the bed. And he's like, holy. So I'm not exactly sure what that activity was, but it's, uh, it's, uh, hasn't come back quite yet. So, but, uh, I've asked her to come and post for us. So if you see any orbs on the screen, <laughs> Just kind of keep your eye out on my black background there. <laughs> yeah, hopefully the orbs will show up over the back, the black behind you there fairly well. So hopefully she'll come and say hi. So, but um, that sounds interesting that you're able to communicate directly with the spirits in your home. Um, how was it when you're trying to find the locations for the book? Were you able to actually go and investigate and? Um, get evidence for the book besides the part that was already provided for you yeah so we've gone we went to a few places and I find in any place you can you feel energy like for me when feeling energy feels like a head rush so because it's interfering with your kind of your energy around you so um like I get that when I go to antique malls because some things have hold energy and some don't but um so when, when Kate and I walk into a place we know if it has energy or not and of course we're going there because there were reports or there have been instances and they tell us their story. So we put that in the book and then we confirm or say what we've experienced in that place. So, so what was like one of the bigger places that you were able to get to, like that you experienced some weird energy at? So there's a place in Cookstown. It's called the, the South Simcoe Theater. It used to be the old town hall and they actually did hang people um a few that they were told but it was never recorded that's what we got from Sheila um there were the the theater itself it's like it's when you walk in you can feel how old the place is from the outside you can't really tell but when you walk in you're like wow and you can feel the energy when you walk in um because it is a play because there's different plays going on they say the spirits that like say I went to see a play with uh it was about Dracula and I found once I sat down and once the play started I found this rush of energies come right into the theater like hey it's on everybody come on in 
I just felt like, wow, this energy just filled the room. So I find every time there's a performance, there's more than just the, the audience there. And there's been like different stories about people trying out and then the then going, okay, wasn't there like seven of you? And they're like, no, there's only six. So there's like spirit showing up to, you know, for to rehearse, I guess. Um, there's been people seen in the sound booth, but they're very respectful of their spirits there. So like uh, when, if they ever let anyone to investigate, they have to be respectful of the spirits and who is there. Um, they actually um, had the other side TV show come in and from our book, come investigate that theater. So I, I think they were talking to a girl there, like a, a spirit girl, I'm not sure. Um, and then there was another farm that was close by that they also went to that was from our book. So it sounds like a lot of different areas have a lot of activity there in Cookstown. How old is the whole area? Like, is there a lot of history to it? Yes. So I'm trying to look at my book and cheat here. Um, so I think, yeah, it was, it started in 1825. So there was like, it was, like I said, a halfway stop. So there was like a little hotel, whatever. And then um, there was a man that bought most of the land there. His name was Mr. Cook. Cookstown. <laughs> so he bought a lot of property there and, and he actually has one of the biggest houses in town that still stands for now. It's kind of uh, being uh, looking not so good because it's one of those people that have bought it and um, is letting it go. So they can eventually, you know, oh, it's not, you know, I can't live in it. You have to tear it down, which is pretty sad. So there is a heritage committee within Innisville and it's supposed to be protected, but we'll see. But it's 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 very nice house. I don't know if I can, I have a picture. Oh, here it is. It's a very interesting house. So it looks like this. So it's still standing. Um, what happened with it is that um, it was Mr. Cook's house and they'd have all these luxury, like they had a ballroom, orchestra pit and everything. They'd have like people up from Toronto with parties. Um, and then in the 1950s, it was turned into separate apartments. So it was like all chopped up and turned into different things. So, and now someone else has bought it and they're going to make condos around it. And it was supposed to be itself a condo, but I don't know if it's going to happen or not. It's still sitting there. Yeah, it's unfortunate when that kind of thing happens, especially to yeah. historical landmarks like that, that they just let it go and then they say, oh, it's too bad and tear it down. They did that to a building here in Cambridge, close to us as well, the Preston Springs Hotel. It's an old building and they just let it go to the point where they it was the same situation and said, oh, it's too bad. And actually last Christmas, at New Year, Christmas Eve, actually, they tore it down. So that's sad. Yeah, it's a big historical old hotel landmark in the city and they can't do anything with it so they tore it down so it's, yeah. well, it's, our, it's our it's our namesake you know town uh you know it should be a part of our history but it's owned by somebody else that just wants condos so it's just sitting there kind of going you know into ruins and people like they're posting it on youtube and they're like exploring it and it's like don't go in <laughs> 
<laughs> That's one thing we are very strongly against here at Haunting Live is trespassing just to go ghost hunting. It's not recommended. In fact, it's illegal, so you can't actually do that. And um, when we do our investigation, we always get permission from the owner of the property, sign contract and everything before we go anywhere. So. All right. The other one I think I didn't mention for my house was um, when we were actually doing the investigating, um, the one thing you don't want is, is hijackers. So they, what happens is when you investigate, as you know, you try to leave everybody there. <laughs> don't follow me home, please. So when doing the book, we did have a few follow homes. So my, uh, one of my, the other co-author, she had a Victorian lady follow her home. And for me, um, I, I don't know if I had someone from the curling club follow me home or it was one of the men that used to live in my house. But when I was falling asleep, I opened my eyes to see what time it was. And there was a face staring back at me. It was a man with like an older man with slicked back hair and his face just kind of dissipated. And I was like, oh my, I'm just gonna close my eyes and not wake up till morning now. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first face I ever saw so that was kind of startling but cool at the same time and another time when I was sick and I came home and I kind of just crashed in bed and I could hear a conversation where it was a male and female say what's wrong with her I think she's sick and I'm like I must be dying if I can hear <laughs> these voices so yeah like our house has some energy I think it's mostly visitors coming and going um and the lady who's who's always here. So how many chapters are altogether in the book? How many places did you manage to fit into your book? So we do in and around Cookstown. So I think there is, I don't think we numbered them as chapters. <laughs> so there's like, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, about 22, 22 different places. And then just chapters on hitchhikers and um, just investigating in general. So it's just a very interesting book to read. It's on Amazon. It can be either print format or Kindle. So it's, it's a good, it's a nice, you know, a nice read. And it's so nice to read stories, too, that are local to you, right? Because you always hear about stuff in the U.S. or worldwide. It's nice to get those stories that are home-based that you can actually connect to and have a connection with in your own province here in Canada. So you don't have a lot of stories coming out of Ontario, I find. I think there's a lot there that's hidden still that people don't know about. So it's good to draw those stories out and bring them forth. Oh, yeah. And, like, once, you know, ghost walks are back on, you know, you, you can, you get the book and then you can come to Ghost Walk and like, all right, I, I remember reading about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Then you can make that personal connection too. You can actually participate and go to those locations in person. Um, yeah. Is that something that you would offer is people to be able to get into locations that you have in your book and investigate so, with you? Or is that just an outside Ghost Walk thing? So for, because it's at night, um, there's a few locations that will be open. So we start our walk at like the walk usually starts at the curling club and that's inside where everybody registers. And we start with the curling club and that it's, it's history and the stories told there. And then right beside it, uh, 
they usually go to the cemetery because the cemetery is right next door. And uh, some people have gotten some good shots there. And then we go through town and we go along the main street. Uh, before we were allowed in some of the buildings, but it, it's not very convenient for the store owners. But we do go to uh, the um, theater and we go inside and take and we're allowed to take a tour of the theater, which is very interesting. Uh, people love love going to theater. They don't expect it. And some people don't even know it was there. So it's good for the theater. So it's like, you know, wow, we didn't even know we there was a theater in Innisfil that shows all these shows. So it's like great for them and great for us for, you know, having that because it's a great historical building. And then we end uh, the walk. Um, it was at a pub, but the pub just actually closed down because of, you know, what's going on these days. So, but we still talk about the pub and, and that. So I'm not sure if they're going to change it up. Like I said, we, we handed it over. So they have the book and they have the stories. So they're going to go with what works. But yeah, in the past, we've gone into at least two buildings. So. Well, that's good that you're able to do that because I think a lot of people like that interaction where you can actually get in and physically see things and sense the energy that's there in buildings rather than just walking beside or just outside or something. So, oh yeah, plus it's, they get to see very, the history, right? So yeah, it's very interactive. Um, even one of the homeowners, uh, she was like, "Oh, you want to come in?" We're like, "No, no, it's okay." Uh, they live in the old hospital. So that house actually had to be cleansed. Like it was before they actually lived there, but they had a, like a, more than a few ghosts there because it was a hospital. Um, so yeah, it was, that location was interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I find it the walk and then the people walking with you, they're all like on the same page and they're just happy to be there and out and about with people who have the same interests. Yeah, that too. Everybody has the same interests, so they know what to kind of expect when they go there. But it's neat to find out the history if you don't know some of the places or locations. So, yeah. Um, so you said it's taken over now. So who is looking after the walk now? Is it the city owned or is it privately so owned? So there's a group that was formed for um, like tourism. So it's the Cookstown Community Development Team. So they have a Facebook page and they will post when their next walk is. I'm not sure because of COVID what's going on. I haven't heard anything for this year. Uh, they were trying to do it in the summer when it's warmer as well. But again, it gets darker later. So it's not as spooky as it would be in October. We locked out every year for our ghost walk with the weather. Like one year we did it on like a Friday night and by Saturday it was snowing. And I'm like, whoo, we just lucked out. <laughs> Uh, so definitely. We, we tried, yeah, we try to do it around Halloween when it's, you know, people are looking for ghost walks. So yeah, it's the most popular time of year for that. So, yeah. yeah, which is this time of year right now. So, yeah, <laughs> things are coming up and um, hopefully there'll be something available for people to look at this. Well, year, but... if you have to stay in, then you have to get your copy of Haunted Cookstown. <laughs> yeah, you can do your own sort of virtual tour by reading the book uh, Haunted Cookstown. And um that's available at what locations right now? It's just on Amazon. It used to be, we had, we actually printed off 500 copies, but they're all sold. We sold them within Cookstown. So, yeah. 
Uh, it's amazing that you were able to sell that many that quickly. So that's really good, especially all, all locally too, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it really means that the locals are really intrigued by their own history and they want to learn more about their own town. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a benefit too for both you guys and tourism as well. So. Oh yeah, or Cookstown and and yeah, the community. Yeah. Okay, well, is there anything else that you have been working on during COVID times that you want to promote and talk about besides Haunted Cookstown? Well, I guess not right now. I think right now everybody's in like getting the Halloween gear. So it's all about the ghosts and, you know, you know what you can do this year. I don't think that I don't know if trick or treating is on the board or not. <laughs> or, or Halloween parties. Who knows? Yeah, you got to be careful with the parties and everything this year. Just keep it down to a small group and you should be fine. So it'd but, be uh, nice if like, uh, yeah, because all the I find of all the investigation shows are doing like live, sometimes live investigations, which is kind of cool or boring. Who knows? Because you never know. You just want to get to the juicy parts of those uh, investigations. But uh, it, it'd be cool if, you know, we could share or if there's, you know, everybody who's got evidence can share something. <laughs> It'd be interesting to do that, just maybe get some different teams together in the area to promote that area, you know, different haunted spots, and everybody do something like here on Haunted Live, where we showcase different people and present their evidence online live or something. That'd be pretty cool. Or you can ask everybody, just send in your clips to you, and then you can make a whole thing, and, you know, it could be on, like, Halloween night that you drop it. <laughs> yeah, we could definitely do something like that. We can organize, like, a round table of sorts and bring people together and say if you want to be included in this project just drop us a line kind of thing so yeah it'd be nice be to see what everybody has collected on their investigations mm -hmm. that'd be interesting yeah just do like little i don't know one minute clips or something and then put them all together and yeah like evps any kind mm -hmm. of photo that you've captured something make sure if it's an orb it's not a reflection <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then while you're live streaming, you could like offer debunking things or something. Say, well, this is my opinion on this or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting for a live Halloween show. Well, thank you very much, Amy. I appreciate you taking your time out today and being here with us on Haunting Live and being our guest to talk about your book, Haunted Cookstown. Um, how long ago was that released, actually? Actually, it was released in 2014. Oh, okay. So I still try to keep it alive. <laughs> Any promotion is good promotion, so yeah. It helps well, we out. do have a yeah. We only have a Facebook page, so you can visit our Facebook page. From you can see our past investigations. You can see all the events we had, and um, some people post stuff that was on the ghost walks. So it's interesting. So if you haunted Cookstown on Facebook, yeah, uh, be sure to check that out. So search haunted Cookstown and check out their Facebook page for more evidence that uh, people have from doing their ghost walks and stuff like that. So feel free to check that out. And uh, again, thank you, Amy, so much for being here this week. I uh, appreciate you taking time out and talking to us about your Haunted Cookstown book. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. And that was Amy Woodcock. She has a book out called Haunted Cookstown. And... Uh, she joined us here today live on YouTube. So thank you very much to her for joining us. We appreciate that very much. 
And uh, don't forget to check us out on YouTube. We are live here every week with a different guest each and every week on the different paranormal topics. And today it was about ghost stories that they've collected in Cookstown. Uh, and they put together in a book that you can get. So very interesting stories. I appreciate that very much. But we have noticed a lot more people lately on our YouTube. So don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We appreciate that. Don't forget to subscribe also to our Instagram and Facebook. Follow us there as well. We do a lot of posts over there on Instagram and Facebook too. But with that guys, thank you so much for being here on Haunting Light Podcast this week. Don't forget to tune in next week for our pre-show at 3 o'clock and also our live show at 4 o'clock with our special guest interview. So with that guys, take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. Take care guys.